0: So apparently, loneliness isn't good for you. I'm sure this was posted to a Facebook post. Let's talk the about the irony of that. The Republicans had a debate on Wednesday. I I'm gearing up for a Republican, big Republican loss in 2024, and The Rolling Stone has found out why the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is evil. It took them a while, and. It's only a 500 word essay, so they really didn't have a lot to say about it. But let's just say him being religious and taking care of his family is a bad thing. Let's talk about that. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Yes, we're doing a Friday show, Friday special. Why are we doing a Friday special? Because yesterday I took off because I had to drop my stepdaughter off at the airport and we had to be up buck early in the morning and I said, screw it, I'm not going to do a podcast today. So yes, exhaustion took its toll and so I took the day off. Now what I, I I mean this podcast was prepared day before yesterday. This this was really a simple one, Uh, lots of fun today. But one of the things I, I wasted an hour on was the Republican debate on Wednesday. What a crappy debate. It was just a really crappy, and it really shows me one thing. We're not going to win this election. It's 2024. You might as well, between Trump talking about himself all the time, Trump's 5,500 legal problems, that are, none, of, none of which are his fault. Let's let's be very clear. Two things can be true at once. These legal suits, these legal problems that he's that Trump is experiencing are completely unjustified. They're all BS, they're all politically motivated and concocted, and they are going to affect his election in twenty twenty four. Okay, let's call it what it is. The Democrats set this up. Republicans are too stupid to catch it. Donald Trump's too stupid to catch it. Donald Trump should just drop out of the race and and sit back and support DeSantis like he wants to do, that he can't do because DeSantis would be a better president than John Donald Trump would be. But it's not going to happen. And the reason I was really turned down by the debate is that there was no question Vivek Ramashwamy won the debate. Now, I like Vivek, Vivek Ramashwamy. I do. I've read his book. I think he's a, he sounds like a nice guy. He sounds like a great guy, very intelligent. Would, in any other day, would be fantastic. The problem with Vivek Ramaswamy is he's a showman. He's not going to be president. He doesn't want to be president. You can tell because he just lets it rip at these things. Well, he let it rip at these things, and he took the win, not because what he said made a lot of sense, not because he had a lot of solutions, because he didn't. What he did is he bashed the media, he talked loud about the injustices in the country, and didn't have any solutions for them. He also was very isolationist when it came to Israel and Ukraine, which... Is not necessarily a terrible thing But the reality of the matter is You can't live in a bubble This country can't live in a bubble The country is going to have to get out there And is going to have to get involved Because all this crap is going to come to this country eventually Nikki Haley She showed herself as a Here's the thing I like Nikki Haley too But she's not presidential material And how do I know that? She's running a campaign She screeches. She's the I am woman, hear me roar thing. She probably came in second in the debate yesterday. Vivek Ramaswamy won it. Um, Nikki Haley was second, though Nikki Haley did not really do much. I'd say uh, DeSantis was probably third, maybe second. I, I could even give second. And the reason DeSantis was third, maybe second is because DeSantis would have been actually a great president. DeSantis doesn't do any any of the theatrics like Ramashwamy or Haley do, or um, the fat boy in the end, which I don't even know why he's in there, or Scott. I don't know why these two are even in there. Ron DeSantis just sits there and says, hey, I've done this. This is what needs to be done. I've done this. It's going to hurt. Boom. That's it. That's all he does. He says what he's done. He says what he's going to do. He says what the problem with the country is. And this is how we fix it. And that's it. And Joe Biden's an ass. That is what Ron DeSantis does. And I got news for you. That is exactly what we need in a president. Uh, Here's the thing. And that's the problem with Trump. Trump is a very entertaining guy. He's very funny. He also says a lot of good things. And he also had done a lot of good things while he was president. Here's the reality. something even people like my dad don't understand. He also made a lot of mistakes. He also had an extremely chaotic presidency. His presidency was far from perfect. But what is carrying Trump right now? It's the theatrics that got him into the presidency in 2016. The thing is, the theatrics that he did in 2016, that's not what he's doing now. And I'm sorry, I'm one of those people who really thinks he needs to debate. I mean, very badly. And I don't mean debate because it would make the debates A lot more entertaining because that's the big problem with these debates now. They're they're all trying to be entertaining. These debates are not entertaining. These debates shouldn't be entertaining. They should be boring. They should be guys standing up there telling us what they think, and that's what's on the debate. And they're allowed to talk, and not for thirty seconds. They're allowed to talk for five, six, seven minutes. And then if someone says something, they go back and forth. That's how a debate works. That's how a debate did. That's how I debated in high school and in college. This, these are not debates. These are guys that are trying to entertain the audience. All The only thing that I really like about Vivek Ramaswamy is Rana McDaniel. He tore into her. I don't know why she is the... Uh, why she is the head of the RNC. She's lost every election except 2016. And 2016 is not because of Ronald McDaniel. That was because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump won 2016. Ronna McDaniel had nothing to do with it. But we're, as Republicans, we have gotten so freaking used to losing. And we're going to lose again. And then we're going to spend another four years whining and bitching about it. Instead of going and do something about it. And this election is not going to be any different. I mean, we're putting Donald Trump against Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's not even going to run. I, I'm telling you right now, he's not running. We probably, he will, they're talking, the TV is talking about um, the convention is when he'll pop up. And then there are some dreamers that are saying that uh, Michelle Obama will run in his place. Michelle Obama is not running in his place. I, I can tell you, Michelle Obama is living the dream. She does not want the nightmare that is being the president. So, which is probably why everyone knows she'd be, she'd be a, a good president for their side. I think if I were a leftist, she'd probably be a fantastic president. Her ideas would suck ass. But she'd be a good president because she doesn't want to be president. So, we'll lose again. And I, I just... And every time I see these debates, I, I, I watch them just so I can talk about them. But every time I see these debates, I just cringe because I know it's just going to be more evidence we're going to lose. All right, let's get to our first story. Ah, oh, no, let's do this. Let's get to our dumbass of the day because we have. Nah, we'll do the dumbass of the day at the end. It'll keep force you to stay and keep listening. So here's an interesting story, and this should be. This should color nobody surprised. Okay, but for some reason, we need to talk about this. This needs to be brought up. So this story comes from NBC News. Widespread loneliness in the United States poses health risks as deadly as smoking a dozen cigarettes a day, costing the health industry billions of dollars annually, the U.S. Surgeon General said Tuesday in declaring the latest public health epidemic. Of course, the... The problem is the U.S. Surgeon General and the uh, United States Health Ministry that we have here, they're the ones that actually caused a lot of this, you know, with the COVID outbreak. And now they're threatening to lock us in our homes because of climate and crap like that. So there's a shocker. About half of U.S. adults say they've experienced loneliness. Dr. Vivek Murthy said in an 81-page report in his office. Of course, Vivek Murthy was just like, oh no, you all have to stay indoors. None of you can go to the park, and then you need to wear a mask, and then you need to wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, that Vivek Murthy. Quote, we know that loneliness is a common feeling among many people. people's experience. It's like hunger or thirst. It's a feeling the body sends us when something we need for survival is missing, Murthy told the Associated Press in an interview. Millions of people in America are struggling in the shadows, and that's not right. That's why I issued a, this advisory to pull back the curtain on the struggle that too many people are experiencing. You know, I love it when politicians, and this yes, he's a doctor, but he's also a politician, sit back and say, they are bringing this to light. Can I let you on a little hint? We knew this was a problem back in, I don't know, we were talking about this 10 years ago. That social media, the fact that kids are standing in front of television screens, kids are playing video games, now they've got TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And they've been replacing dating with the, the phone screens. We've already said there's going to be a problem. People are going to feel lonely. They've got a false sense of community when they're on Facebook. And instead of going out to that communal uh, ritual or communal enterprise that are all over the city, they'd rather stay at home and sit on Facebook. This has been something that has been said for 10 years. I mean, Facebook came out in 2008. There was talks of this in 2010. This is nothing new. He didn't pull back the curtain on anything. What he needs to pull back the curtain on are the behaviors that people need to have in order to avoid this loneliness. Continuing, research shows that Americans who have become less engaged with worship houses, community organizations, and even their own family members in recent decades have steadily reported an increased feeling of loneliness The number of single households has also doubled over the last 60 years. But the crisis deeply worsened when COVID-19 spread, prompting schools and workplaces to shut their doors and sending millions of Americans to isolate at home away from their relatives and friends. People called their friend groups during the coronavirus pandemic and reduced the time spent with those friends, the Surgeon General's report finds. Americans spent 20 minutes a day in person with friends in 2020, down from 60 minutes a day daily, nearly two decades later. The loneliness epidemic is hitting young people 15 to 24 especially hard. The age group reported a 70% drop in time spent with friends during the same period. See, the problem is the kids don't think like that. If you talk to my nephew and ask him, if he spends time with his friends, he'll say yes, because he's on the, he's on his computer game with them on his headphones, talking to him through the headphones. He thinks this is being with his friends. That's a whole huge problem. Let's finish up with this article because it's got some interesting statistics, which I don't think any of these are surprising. The loneliness loneliness epidemic is hitting young people ages 15 to 24. Okay, we said that. Loneliness increases the risk of premature death by nearly 30%, with a report revealing that those with poor social relationships also had a greater risk of stroke and heart disease. Isolation also elevates a person's likelihood for experiencing depression, anxiety, and dementia, according to the research. Murthy did not provide any data that illustrates, of course he didn't, how many people die directly from loneliness or isolation. Well, I mean, suicides can probably be a red flag there. Here's the thing. Let me tell you something. I I have said this over and over again. I've said this to my kids. They'll never know. They'll never get what it was like. And that's a bad thing. You know what I used to do? Okay. I would go to school spend all day at school, talk to my, be with friends in school. We were all together, 30 students, a classroom. We would play together during lunch, during recesses. We actually had our increases, our, uh, our recesses increased in time so that we got more time to play together. I went to a Catholic school, so every month we went to church. I went to church every Sunday, and I saw people that I didn't know, and I got to know people that I didn't. Um, got to know the priests. Got to know our neighbors. We, I had a family. I had two sisters, a dog, a mother, and a father. I When I got home from school, my mom didn't make me do homework right away, but she stuck me outside and made me play for a minimum of two hours. Then I would come in and do a minimum of two hours homework. I thought that was overdone, but I did a minimum of two hours homework. And then my mother would force me to read to her for for 30 minutes. So I would have to read out loud to her for 30 minutes. That's why I, I read so much. I read a lot. Thank you to my mother, who i am be honest with you, I don't have a great relationship with. But she did get me through part of my life that... that has helped me. We got a grand total of one hour of television a day, except on Fridays and Saturdays, we were allowed two hours of television. By 10 o'clock, we were in bed. When I passed the age of 16, my bedtime was 11 o'clock. And then we were encouraged to go out. Go out with your friends. Just be home by 10 o'clock. Because The law said we had to be home by 10 o'clock. If we were out by past 10 o'clock, you could be arrested. I was. I was actually picked up by the cops by being out after 10 o'clock. There's no reason a kid should be out after 10 o'clock. Only bad things can happen after 10 o'clock. And it's the same thing. We say the same thing. Anybody out at one in the morning is not out for a good reason. It's the same thing with kids, except it's a lot earlier. That was my life i was forced to be sociable you know why i didn't have facebook if i wanted to talk to this pretty girl i had to talk to her i had to call her actually call her not send her a text message not send her a direct message not post something on facebook i actually had to call her and talk to her or i had to walk up and i had to talk to her when we went on dates we didn't sit at a table, each looking at our phone and updating our statuses to say we're on a date. We actually had to talk to each other. And there were those awkward moments when we didn't talk to each other. And then as you grew older, you learned how to get through those awkward moments. Our kids have none of that today. Absolutely zero of that today. Our kids are scared crapless of dating. And you can tell, because when you see young, when you see youngins, Sitting back on a date, and you know they're on a date, they're both on their phones. It's really sad. One of these days, I'm just going to get up and say, you know, this is a date. You should probably put your phones away and talk. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And then we wonder why our kids aren't having sex. Our kids aren't getting married. And when they have children, it's out of wedlock because they don't know what they're doing. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just can't believe this is even. They even brought this up as a story. Okay. This is another portion that's wrong with our with our society, and this is. Let me read this article. I'm just going to read this article for you. Now, this article isn't very long. I'm reading you the entire article because there's just not a lot to talk about here. But this article comes from Rolling Stone. And I got to tell you something, after reading this article, I like Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, much more than I did before. Here we go. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson admitted that he and his son monitored each other's porn intake in a resurfaced clip from 2022. During a conversation on the war on on technology at Benton's Louisiana Cypress Baptist Church, unearthed by ex-user Receipt. Maven last week, the Louisiana representative talked about how he installed, quote, accountability software, end quote, called Covenant Eyes on his devices in order to abstain from internet porn and other unsavory websites. It scans all your activity on the phone or your devices, your laptop, that you have. We do all of it, Johnson told the panel about the app. It sends a report about uh, uh, to your accountability partner, Your accountability partner right now is Jack, my son. My accountability partner right now is Jack, my son. He's 17. So he and I get a report about all the things that are on the phones, all of our devices, once a week. If anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. I'm proud to tell you, my son has a clean slate. Outside of the creepy big brotherness of it all, uh, Receipt Maven also aired concerns about whether Covenant Eyes, which is a working subscription-based service, might compromise Johnson's devices if he's still actively seeking accountability. A U.S. congressman is um, a U.S. Co- quote a U.S. congressman is allowing a third-party tech company to scan all his electronic devices daily when uploading reports to his son about what he's watching or not watching, Receipt Maven wrote. I mean, who else gets is accessing the data? Mind you, he probably posted this on TikTok or Google or anything Google. There, are, Everything goes to China. Facebook, everything goes to China. Who is he kidding? Since he, I mean, he did this all on social media. Since he he's elected Speaker of the House in October, Johnson's faith... A history of faith-obsessed, election-denying, far-right Christian nationalism has come under the microscope, and his time with the anti-LGBT organization Alliance Defending Freedom is claimed that school shootings can be blamed on abortion and teaching evolution. Um, that's not what they stand for. What they basically stand for is a corruption in teaching. Is leaving out all of the information and only teaching leftist values. That's what the alliance defending freedom actually does. It doesn't mean don't teach, uh, don't teach uh, uh, Darwin. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, but also add up, add up, add the Bible to it. That's what they're saying. They believe in the tenets of this country. Their main talking, their main example of how to live is the Constitution. They're not a far-right organization. They believe in God and things like that. But they believe in God in a way that people are missing today. And they also like to point out that uh, people are missing God and look how miserable they are. I mean, let's combine that with the last story. Now, that, that's, that's about it. Let's go with the last paragraph. This is it. This is the entire article. An interview Sunday morning on Fox News, Johnson was asked about his history on abortion, including claims that he was opposed to contraceptive and IVF treatment. I'm pro-life. I've said it from very clearly. I'm a bible believing Christian. I believe in the sanctity of every single human life, Johnson said, but added, I've not brought forward any measure to address any of those issues. However, he didn't deny whether he would vote against contraception when the time comes. Okay, when he says, I'm going to vote against contraception, he means extreme, He means abortion, basically. Don't forget, a lot of these people point to, no one is trying to get rid of contraception. Rubbers are not going anywhere. The pill is not going anywhere no one is voting against contraception they think abortion is contraception so that's what he said he'd vote for or against now what's wrong with this art well i mean besides everything first off since when did monitoring what your kids are doing end up being terrible as a matter of fact, what he's doing is exactly what the normal teenager complains about. Oh, you're monitoring me, but I can't monitor you. Well, yeah, that's what he's doing here. So now the kid is keeping track of his father, just like his father's keeping track of him. Dad knows he's not going to go to a porn site. It's but But the son doesn't know that. So they're working together. This is called being a father. And better yet, this is being a family. The family is working together to avoid disaster. In this case, online porn and whatever other crap these kids are finding online. And the Rolling Stone writes a 500-word essay condemning him for this? Here's a newsflash. I did that. I did. I didn't use the the app they're using here because that app didn't exist at the time. But I monitored everything my kids did and you should have seen the crap I caught and the crap that I ended up blocking. Here's a newsflash. The same shit we're, they're using here, I used to use at work. I used to know exactly what people were doing. This monitoring software is nothing really bizarre. And as a parent, when did it become a parent's job to just let their kids run willy-nilly? not monitor their kids at all because that's what's happening in society and then we wonder why our kids are getting shot by police officers our 16 year old kids are getting shot by police officers at 2 30 a.m on the streets and why how well i don't know why you would have had that gun or why he was using those drugs yeah maybe if you'd watch your kid every once in a while we don't do enough watching of our kids this this article which sits back okay He's religious. That's become a bad thing? That's become something so bad you got to write an article pointing it out? You mean some editor at Rolling Stone, which is hardly a a journalistic outlet anymore. Some editor at Rolling Stone said great article and clicked publish? Because the guy monitors his kids? A parent watches his kids? And works with his kids so that they work with him? I guarantee you when this kid runs into a problem, Mike Johnson's kid runs into a problem, like having sex for the first time, or guess who he's going to go to first? He's not going to go to some Joe on the street who's just finished smoking a doobie. He's going to go to his dad and talk to his dad about it. How do I know that? My daughter did that with me. I talked to my daughter about it. I talked to my daughter about things she can and can't do and when she had her first relationship issue she came to me she didn't even go to her mother she came to me and talked to me about it that's a good father and then the other thing they say okay he's religious that's terrible and he's against abortion and by the way they don't counter he says I'm pro-life I believe every human life is important and They just say he's obsessed with it, and they don't argue with him. They don't say, well, that's not true, and this is why. This is the problem with the abortion debate. Instead of jumping away from it, which Republicans do, we need to start attacking on these issues. This is why Republicans are so weak, and it's not going to last forever, but it may be too late to do anything about it. Republicans need to attack on these issues oh, you're pissed off at me because abortion has become a big deal in Ohio? Well, then sit back and, as a politician, a Republican politician, a pro-life politician. Walk up there and say, this is why I'm anti-abortion. And then describe an abortion. And then when someone says, well, it's a clump of cells, then sit there and tell them, show them the, the actual gestation of a baby. And ask them, when is it a... Where is, when has it become a human being? Start fighting back. Because here's the thing, they don't want to have the debate. And they definitely don't want to have the debate on this article because they can find nothing wrong with what Mike Johnson's doing. They actually don't say that he's doing anything wrong here. They just call him a religion religious obsessed nut job. That's all they're doing here. None of this says that him monitoring his kid, his kid monitoring him is bad. Nothing about his, they just say religion, being religious is bad. And being, abor- being pro-abortion, anti-abortion is bad. That's all they say here. It's just a dumb article. And it's the same thing over and over and over again with these guys. And nobody fights. Nobody fights back. Okay, so remember I said that women have to lose and lose and lose and lose two men in order for this transgender phase to disappear? And it's going to disappear. It's already beginning to fade a little bit. I know that we're still talking about all those poor transgender men and how they're victimized and all that crap. I know we're talking all of that. Here's the problem. Women are getting victimized. Now, unfortunately, when I say lose and lose and lose, I mean in competition. I don't actually mean their lives. Well, that's what's happening. That's going to be the next thing. Maybe that's what's going to need to happen before people get their heads out of their asses and begin to say, see, that men cannot compete with women. It is a bad idea. According to the Daily Wire, a female student athlete reportedly had two of her teeth knocked out during a high school field hockey game last week after a shot struck by an opposing male player deflected off the teammate's stick and caused the facial injury. According to reports, the incident happened during the first round of the field hockey hockey state playoffs between two Massachusetts high school teams, Dignan, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, and Swampscott on Thursday. Digton Rehaboth, Superintendent Bill Rooney wrote a letter to the families reported by the local media saying a male athlete on the Swamp Scots girl hockey field hockey team took a shot uh, that left, quote, significant facial and dental injuries, end quote, to one of its female athletes, which require hospitalization. Quote, when I stepped into the bus last night, when our girls got back to the regional road, what I saw on their eyes was trauma. Rooney said that the identified injured student who had worn a mouth guard and headgear at the time of the incident has since been released from the hospital. So this is, here's one of the reasons why men aren't supposed to compete in women's sports. It's because women could get hurt. And the reason reason is men are bigger, men are stronger, men are faster. Sorry, that's just biology. It has nothing to do with, With women aren't as valuable as men are. It's just the fact of the matter is men are bigger. This guy apparently was six feet tall. This guy weighed about 200 pounds. And the girl he hit was about five, five, six. So you tell me, is this an area where a man should be playing? And by the way, I saw the video where he he didn't even hit. He didn't even look like he made too much of a hit on that ball. He looked like he just swung it a little bit. He got good wood on it and then boom, it hit her right in the face. And she's screaming bloody murder. Is it, is, does a woman have to actually die before people are going to say, hey, men shouldn't be playing in sports? Well, the reality is it, it's already kind of happened. I mean, Fallon Fox in MMA, not WFC. They refused to do this crap, but in MMA, he beat the crap out of a woman in, in the sports arena because he declared himself a woman. He broke her skull. This just isn't something that's not happening. In rugby in, um, in Australia, they've got, female, they got male rugby players playing against female rugby players, and they're monstrous. You can see that these guys are just huge. And they're sitting there hurting women. Well, you know what they're doing about it in Australia? They're just not reporting it. The Australian Women's Rugby League has complained saying, hey, this guy is running around and he is injuring women and nobody is doing anything about it, including reporting it. So the question has to be, does a woman, it's not, the question is not, does a woman have to be killed? in order for men to be taken out of women's sports. That's not the question. The question is, when a woman is killed, what's going to happen? What are the media, what are the school administrators, what are the sports administrators, what are they going to do about it? Because apparently it's already happening that these women are getting hurt and nobody's doing anything about it. You've just gotta wonder. All right, <clears throat> let's get to this next story. This is kind of a story I wanted to get into. Uh, the church, I'm telling you, the church is something and next week when we talk about, we're going to talk about the church because apparently Pope Francis has decided that transgenders can get baptized and uh, get baptized and be Godparents. I'm going to wait on this story a little bit because the problem is the church is a little confused as to what that means because it's like, I mean, if you read Leviticus, it's right there. It says a man shall not dress as a woman. They are an abomination. It says it. I think it's Leviticus. It might be in, uh, might be in another one of the old books, but I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll talk about it on Monday. But the church continues just to do stupid things. According to Fox News, a New York bishop recently took action against the parish that allowed the filming of a controversial music video within the century-old Brooklyn church. In a statement released on Thursday, Brooklyn bishop Robert Brennan condemned pop singer Sabrina Carpenter's latest video, Feather, which was filmed at the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church. The video features Carpenter in a scantily clad black dress as several men kill each other over her. It also, it figures, right? That's, doesn't that figure? These singers, they have such ego. All these men will kill themselves for me. It also shows, and she ain't that hot. Let's just call it what it is. She ain't that hot. It also shows her attending their funerals at the church with cotton candy colored coffins, one in one including the inscription, Rip Bitch, in a church, a Catholic church. Brennan was appalled at the video and additionally criticized the local parish for failing to prevent its filming based on its policies. Quote, the parish did not follow diocesan policy regarding the filming on church property, which includes a review of scenes and the script, the statement read. Now basically what ended up happening is the the church said, Well, we they misled us. We didn't know they were going to be filming stuff like that in the church. Okay. I call bullshit. First off, you know what they're gonna film. You know this is this is a contemporary culture, typical culture video. You know it's gonna be something bad. So one, you shouldn't have had it in the, fit, in the church because you just know it was going to be bad. Two, you should have had somebody in the church from the diocese to watch the video filming. And the second something went out, then you kicked those people out of the church. And it should have been in the contract. So don't tell me that we didn't know and they filmed the entire video and then suddenly everyone's throwing a fit about this. Well, the good news is Brennan took care of it. The, bishop, the Archbishop took care of it. As a result, continuing with the article, as a result, anou- uh, Brennan announced the parish's vicar, Monsignor Jamie Gallantio, was relieved of his position and temporarily replaced by Auxiliary Bishop Withold Moroski, who would take over all administrative responsibilities. Not to mention the first thing that this Moros- this bishop needed to do when he got into the church I'm not kidding. This is a true thing. They had to re-bless the entire church, including the altar. That's how disgusting this video was. You know, our church really, I, I the one problem I have with Josie, my wife, is she's wish-washy. And she'll tell you this. I I mention it all the time. She's very wish-washy. She's wishy-washy. She doesn't just say what she's thinking. She doesn't think outside the box that okay this could be bad. She doesn't think into the future. She just kinda oh well, you know, and that's what this church did. This church should have said, oh listen, uh your name is your let's see, what was the name of the song? This song is called Feather and You're a Pop Singer. Yeah, that tells me this is probably a a bullshit video that's gonna be sacrilegious and we probably shouldn't play it. That's what they should have thought. They should have seen this in the cards. And it wouldn't, to be honest with you, just the words pop singer by themselves tell me you do not need to be Nostradamus to figure out this is going to be a song that's probably inappropriate. And I haven't seen it yet. I probably will take a look at it a little later. But the church should have known something. All right, let's get to our dumbass of the day. <laughs> It hurts me so badly that I did not do this podcast yesterday because this dumbass of the day is absolutely delicious. I loved every second of this. This video is three minutes long, and it's essentially a girl driving in the middle of the night getting pulled over by the police for going down the wrong side of the road And then making a U-turn to recover. And then it turns out she'd been drinking. And so she had to go through all of these tests. Now, what's hysterical about this? All of the virtue signaling. All of the victim points. I mean, she threw them from the second that cop walked up to her. She was already throwing out victim points. I'm non-binary. I have social anxiety. I am... A woman who, which is weird because she's non-binary. He's using the wrong pronouns. He's a white man. He's a police officer. She is part indigenous Indian. All the bullshit that you could come up with, she spit out here. And what was beautiful was the way this cop was reacting. He was like, she was talking about she's under a lot of social anxiety because he's there. And he said, yeah, I'm under a lot of social anxiety too, pulling you over. And of course, she couldn't answer because he his answer would have been very simple. Uh, yeah, you could have a gun. I'm really worried about something. You're worried about crap because you're getting pulled over for going down the wrong side of a road while drunk. And she sounds pretty drunk. So let's listen to this video. It's long. It's about three minutes, but it's worth every second. Let's listen.
1: What's going on?
2: Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around.
1: Okay. Do you understand what's going on though? You yes. You're going in oncoming traffic.
2: I know. And I just decided that it was better just to turn around really fast. Okay. But I'm sorry. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. I don't want
1: to step out whenever you're asking for stuff. Okay. Well, we're past that. Just go ahead and step out.
2: As an indigenous person
1: and... Right back here, please. Miss... Perry? Am I...
2: Well, I'm non-binary, so...
1: Okay. What do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai. Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight?
2: Like, probably three drinks.
1: I need to run you through some tests right now.
2: Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety.
1: You and me both. Okay. Okay? Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. (laughs) Focus on my finger, please. I am.
2: You're just, like, trying to intimidate me.
1: I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test.
2: As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of shit going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. i get you. Can you remember that I told you that? I'm non-binary.
1: Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or turn tonight.
2: Mental health. Um,
1: any physical injuries?
2: Mentally, yeah, I <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's all PTSD, pressure,
1: anxiety. I get you. What
2: else you
1: want? Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel to toe touching manner, with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can
2: you not call me ma'am, please? I'm
1: trying my hardest. Okay, Okay.
2: Well, it means a lot to me. I'm
1: trying my hardest. I don't feel like a man, so. Okay. It's
2: kind of triggering.
1: Right foot in front of your left, nope, go back.
2: I'm sorry, but the whole man thing, just like.
1: I apologize. Let's see if we can move five. forward from it. You have zero questions?
2: No, but I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops. Like, it's just.
1: Uh, I'm going to speak with you right over here, okay? No. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't,
2: dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, don't. you're...
1: You're going to get a resist.
2: Dude, I...
1: You're going to get a resistance. I resisting.
2: don't.
1: Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist.
2: Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and...
1: Come Don't.
2: Here. I followed all of your s***. Like, I'm an
1: indigenous
2: person like that
1: you guys you
0: guys are scaring me there's
1: nothing to be afraid of
0: yes there is it's going. yeah this gal's just just ape ape crap nuts and by the way this is i love this video because it brings everything it brings reality together with fan the fantasy world these people are living in that's why i think this this video is fantastic. I, if I could make this video, this audio into a ringtone, I would. This is just a fantastic audio. Here's Here it is. All of the crap you're bringing up, you're an indigenous person, social anxiety, generational anxiety, non-binary, don't call me ma'am, all that. I'm an indigenous person. All this bullshit she's bringing up does not change reality. The reality is Bitch, you were drinking and driving, and I really don't care about me being a white man or any of that stuff. You still broke the law. And there you go. There you have it. You got what you deserve. You got nailed. And believe me, this cop, he showed some major patience. I don't know if I would have had patience for this broad. I probably would have. You know what? You're just, you're right off the bat. Her just doing a U-turn going the wrong way in traffic. That's enough to arrest her. He didn't need to do any of this stuff. He was looking for a reason to let her go. But this is a fantastic video. I loved it. Um, I, I I wish I could do more with it. It's just it's just great. It just shows you how crazy these people are. I mean, she's admitting she's crazy. She's admitting she's got she's admitting she's got mental problems. Well, it's very obvious for you sitting there saying. You're non-binary, you're indigenous. What does that have to do with you driving down the wrong side of the road and being drunk? Reality always wins. I hope you guys have a great weekend. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.